Hey, this is Johnny Damon, your favorite caveman from the 2004 world champion Boston Red Sox. You're listening to Boston's Big Three Podcast presented by Ride the Wave Media. Episode 40 of Boston's Big Three, a.k.a. Ty Law episode. No, like that Ty Law, the Ty Law that played football for the New England Patriots, the NBA Hall of Famer, the the Ty Law came NBA off Boston's Hall of Famer? Big Three. Did I say NBA? NBA, 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 NBA Hall of Famer? NBA Hall of Famer. NBA. Class of 2019. NFL, yeah. NBA let me, Hall of Famer. I know, he's not done playing. He could always go to the future NBA Hall of Famer current NFL Hall of Famer. So he might have, uh, if you're Future listening NBA. and you want to see Future. the the bust that he showed us, uh, it's on our YouTube page. He flexed that a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to reveal too much beyond the curtain. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We were saying off air, the people listening, yo, this is going to be the biggest episode for Boston's Big Three. This podcast right now that we're recording because we will cut into the Ty Law interview later on. This is so important. And right <laughs> off the bat, you fuck it up and call him an NBA Hall of Famer. NBA. Honestly, but we haven't changed. Who cares? We get some big name guests. We're still the same. We're still the same absolute <laughs> morons that are going into your ear holes every single <laughs> week. Hopefully twice a week if you're a regular listener. But no, the Ty Law interview was good. Uh, it was sponsored by V1 Vodka, one of the newest sponsors. But per every week, the episode is sponsored by 10100. 10100 is the only online raffle website giving fans and experience seekers the chance to win tickets to live sporting events, concerts, music festivals, and more. Whether it be from your desktop or mobile device, winning tickets to your favorite event has never been so easy and fun. Choose your desired event, purchase a raffle ticket into the draw, and you could be the lucky winner. So Ty Law, he came on the show. Like, we're fresh off the interview, not even five minutes off. Uh, we're still, the adrenaline's still pumping. Everybody's still, still pretty amped about it. I don't know, just like, what are your original thoughts? What, what should the people be looking for? I mean, to be honest, that was that was amazing. And uh, I'll get into it a little bit more before we actually go into the interview. But uh, we did have to wait around a little bit for Ty Law to get on. I mean, he's a I really up, I set up guy. tent. I set up a tent in my room. I don't know how long I'm going to stay here. Uh, I think that Tyler Mills is going to be looking for a new job soon. Awesome. I think Joe Stafford, uh, I, luckily he's on spring break. Uh Watabi's been just waiting to come on because uh, five been around, the time. <laughs> he, he's been waiting the entire time. But no, that was an awesome interview, about 30 minutes long. You'll get to hear about it a little bit later. It gasses me up because Ty Law is just a normal dude. He's just one of the bros. He's out there talking. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer, Patriots Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champion. He don't carry himself like, you know, screw everybody else. He's just, you know, one of the boys out there, and it was awesome. What I liked a lot about it was, you know, Babs, I'm the entertainer. You know, I, I, I like to talk the talk. Joe Stafford knows his shit, dude, and I think that What that else was is big. new? We already knew this before. What else is new, yeah. But what's great <laughs> is if you want to hear more in-depth about Patriots and, and his early start and some of the combine stuff, Stafford's got you. I love that a lot. And Tyler's just Tyler. Like, he's just a big head, so – um, he was just hey, there. I, I cut it, make it feel loose. It's a nice, easy conversation. Nothing. Uh, he Nothing just got off the crazy. X's and O's talk. I, I kind of let, let him, let him unbuckle the belt a little bit after a, after a large meal. <laughs> yeah. You, I you're don't know. Funny, you know, at the office, you're like the, uh, Ryan Howard of Boston's big three. You have the it factor. You don't really know what he actually does on the show, yeah. but he just keeps everything running smoothly. I tried to throw in stupid jokes, some entertaining stuff. I couldn't really do it Ty Law because, you know, you don't want to interrupt him. 
And uh, I don't know. I think I think it was a good interview. Like you could tell he wanted to be on the show. You can tell he he wasn't doing us. He, like he was doing us a massive favor. It was like thank you very much, Ty Law. But you could tell like he it wasn't something he was like ah oh, like I have to go on the show. He he enjoyed his time. He, he said he was gonna give us 15, 20 minutes. They don't half an hour. And what's cool is that he's been communicating the entire time with us. He's actually reaching out to us and saying, hey, give me a little extra time. Let's do this. And I know that some of you are listening on Apple or Spotify right now. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel, Ride the Wave Media on YouTube, which this does get uploaded. We did a video call on this as well. He had a couple of props that he brought in as well, too, that made us <laughs> laugh. So uh, I think that was uh, pretty cool to have. Dead air. Word, That's it. Word, you word, want to yeah, transition? Good job, yeah, good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anyone else wants to keep talking. My bad. Brendan, what was your favorite part of the interview? My favorite <laughs> part of the interview was sitting out the entire thing, getting ready to to listen to it here in a few minutes. I'm I'm gonna be listening to it for the first time, just like the rest of the listeners. Well, I, I have no idea what to expect yet. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. So for for the behind the yeah. scenes, the behind the scenes look, we were supposed to have this interview around noon. Uh, we don't. Obviously, tell Ty Law I want to come on the show. We work around his schedule. That's just how life goes. So uh, I emailed my professor. I, I, I don't skip class. So I'm like, hey, can I miss this one Nerd. class? Yeah. Can I miss this one class? I'm interviewing Ty Law. And he's like, yeah, sure. That's fine. And then I'd work at one. I'm like, all right, I could finish this. I could do this noon to one. Like, I, that's a perfect amount of time. I could still get everything done. Around 1230, he, he tells Babs, give me a little time. I'm like, all right. Like, I, I could call work. I'm like, I might come in like five, ten minutes late. I, I'd never called off work before either. So I'm like, I have good standards with both of these settings. And then 1.30 rolls by. We don't hear anything. 1.45, he's like, give me ten minutes. Uh, I can do it around, or I can do it in the car. Or you guys can wait like 15, 20 more minutes around 2 o'clock. And I can, I'm like, uh, we could do it. So we wait around 2 o'clock. Uh, it gets to around 2.15. I'm like, dude, I'm just not going to go like be able to go to work. So I call my work. I'm like, hey, honestly, this is just going to be a weird situation. But uh, I'm interviewing Ty Law, all this stuff. He's like, do you care if I come in? Is it busy? Like, it'll 100% come in if it's busy. He's like, honestly, it's a slow day. You're fine. So I called out of work, interviewed Ty Law. Here we are. And I just called him an NBA Hall of Famer. That, that is one of the funnier <laughs> things I've done on this show. Like, unintentionally, because, I don't know, I was looking at the Celtics um, logo right behind me, the flags. I'm like, this probably mm -hmm. doesn't, like, fit. And then I was, like, reading the ad, read, looked up. I'm like, Celtics, NBA Hall of Famer, Ty Law. <laughs> but like we just said, we break news on this show. He's a future NBA Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you got the Celtics on your mind, and that's why after last night's ugly loss. Uh, That'll the be on the other side and, of the interview. You know they got uh, they got the Cavs coming up. So, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know, it, again, it was an awesome, awesome time. And it's not his. It's not gonna be his. You know, it was his first time. It's not gonna be his last time coming on. He said that he will be he coming back that, yeah. on again. Yeah, he's coming back on. So it's great that Boston's Big Three is able to have our first guest like that. I mean, this is forty episodes in. We're almost. We're getting close, narrowing in about a year doing this. Um, and it's awesome that that's our first major guest. I mean, we've had guests like Dan Shea on here or Max Gordon. <laughs> or, or, you know, the, Joe Stafford the, was uh, a guest. I, I think Tylon and Dan Shea are really I don't know. I'm still there's, there's, a, a there's a gap there. I'm still technically a guest. His boss is big three. I'm like the Rondo of the group. I haven't you been are. a shot yet. So. <laughs> All right. So let's hop into the interview. Baz, before we hop into this interview, uh, I know you have a message for all of those Spiking supporters, spiking haters, the, the spike heads out there across the globe. Because we are the worldwide podcast now. We are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
people that have been following my journey that have been supporting this through Ride the Wave, you know, I say a big thank you to that. You know, I met Ty Law when I had no followers. I'm not going to, you know, beat a dead horse because I said this the last podcast on the growth of everything. It's been awesome to work with Ty side by side for the last two years. Um, yeah, we might not be every single day, but the fact that he's given us the time of day to come on out of his busy day. I mean, this guy travels all all over the place. I'm not again, I'm not here to kiss his ass or anything, but it's just awesome to have that. Don't underestimate this. This is a pro football Hall of Famer, a three-time Super Bowl champion. This guy's got Robert Kraft on his speed dial. He's got Tom Brady in his phone. This guy talks with all these different people. He's got Dwayne Wade on call as well, too. And he's got all yeah. these different he's got talking about that later too. We're talking about got, uh, Dwayne yeah. Wade Shaq's bet later too. That yeah. nonsense. Floyd Mayweather, like partying with him a couple of years ago when it's his birthday. I mean, I just want to say this. I I always love the support. It's always great there. But this one is for the haters out there. And this is a big fuck you to everybody out there. I have put my ass on this shit for the last two and a half years of grinding and put my nose down. Do you know how many people that I have met that are all about money? I want to make money. I want to do this and that. You have to put your nose down and grind for this shit. And the fact that Ty Law, who I know that his time is money out there and he knows that his time is valuable but the fact that he'll take time out of his day to come on here is amazing and just chop it up be loose and be able to do this numerous times literally if you hate on me and hate ride the wave yeah you might not like me for some of the stuff i say i'm outlandish and all that fuck you dude keep doing it because it drives me because Ty Law is not going to be just a one and done guest and it's not going to be the only time that we have one guest and that's it I guarantee you we'll have more guests this upcoming summer and that Boston's Big 3 podcast and Ride the Wave Media it shows growth I'm telling you that right now keep doubting and keep hating because guess what we keep riding the wave that's what ride the wave media is is because we have so many times that people put us down and yes there have been times where it's like damn this might not work out we ride it out and guess who stays on the fucking top it's myself it's stafford it's tyler miller it's watabi it's dito it's warrior it's lane it's even GRD, and GRD will doubt. He's still out there. It's Killer Kev. It's these people that have put the time and effort into this, and we all know that this is big for us going forward. I appreciate that. I, I'll stop my rant because I can keep going on and on and on and on forever. Guys, Ty Law interview coming up right now. Listen in. Awesome time, about 30 minutes long. Uh, I can't say nothing more and better about Ty Law. Tune in. Here we go. All right, everybody. Finally time. For me, this has been like two years in the making. For Ride the Wave, it's been one year in the making. For the next guest that we have on, it's the first ever major guest for Ride the Wave, Boston's Big Three. And uh, I'm excited because not only is he the owner of Launch Trampoline Park, not only is he an owner of V1 Vodka, he led the league not once but twice in interceptions. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. He's a Patriots Hall of Famer, but not only that, he's enshrined in Canton. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. That is right. The Boston's Big Three has the original number 24 on here, Ty freaking Law. We have Ty Law today. So Ty Law, <laughs> What's going on, man? 
What's up, man? What's going oh, on? Hey, hey, it was good, man. Love the intro, man. Love the intro, man. Make me feel good. Don't make me feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Ty, I mean, I was in fifth grade when you guys won the first Super Bowl, so uh, don't feel too hey, old. Man, man, damn. Don't age me no more than I am. Come on, man. <laughs> Shit, we supposed to be friends. <laughs> Ty, before we get into football talk, I know your time is limited today. We're going to be trying to, you know, be as quick as possible, but we want to do yeah, talk yeah. about things. We want to talk about V1 Vodka. I know that this is something new for you. And we talked mm -hmm. off the off the phone about how there's thousands of different vodka companies out there. They're all doing their right. things. I know you. You're one of the most competitive guys out there right. when it comes to business. You are a Hall of Famer on the field, and you're building a Hall of Fame career and business off the field. So can you just talk about a little bit more to those listening out there about V1 Vodka, where you can buy right now, places that you're possibly getting it into, and why you're involved with them? Right. Well, you know what? First, I got to go buy the product itself. You know, one, I'm not, it's not, I'm not a, a paid spokesperson for the brand, but it's something I really believe in. And it happened organically because he was making me a vodka, Paul Kozov, uh, who is my partner, who was the uh, founder and the maker of the vodka. He was making me some as a gift for the Hall of Fame. And once I tasted it, I was like, damn, this is good. You know what <laughs> I mean? So I was like, you know what? I, I know it was a friend of a friend. And then uh, I wanted to meet him. You know what I mean? Not to go into business or anything like that. Just to meet him, just to tell him how wonderful this uh, vodka was and to thank him. He came down. It was supposed to be a quick meet and greet. Next thing you know, we sat down here at my house for hours and just chopped it up, man. And they, we kind of built a friendship, you know, off of that evening, you know, drinking the vodka. I did not have a hangover the next morning, which was <laughs> very important, you know, for, for the amount that we drank. And it was like, I said, you know what? This is absolutely the best vodka that I've had. So uh, you know, that kind of one thing led into another. And now we're partners, you know, I'm an equity partner, uh, in with him. I want to get his story out. This is about, uh, Paul, but the product speaks for itself and how he was and how he started, you know, from his grandfather, getting him $6,000. And of course, everyone knows how close I was to my grandfather. We just kind of connected in the way of him, me trying to be the best football player in the world that I can be and him trying to make the best buck in the world, which he has, um, I should say we now, won double gold uh, first place at the San Francisco Spears competition. And you know what? We just got to get the word out there. So I'm going to show you all the bottle while we're here since we're yeah. here talking, talking good. This is V1 <laughs> Vodka. You know what oh, I mean? No. I gotta, yeah, got gotta to put it out there. That is yeah. the original. This is my personal favorite. Personal favorite here is the Cucumber. That's the cucumber. You know what I mean? You see the packaging of Boswell. Paul's name is written clean. Clay, very clean. And for the for the ladies out there, I mean, this has been a big favorite for the ladies. Triple berry. Oh, you that'll be Tyler I mean? Miller's favorite right there. Yeah, of course. Right <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the reality is our differentiator between any other buck out there before we move on, guys, is that we're made with 100% organic spelt made in Poland. We have our own distillery there. Our whole motto is from farm to glass. So when you put that hashtag, from farm to glass, clean drinking, that's all about V1, man. And I'm going to be going throughout New England, you know, making an appearance, just educating people on spelt and what it is to be a part of V1. We're so different from everybody else. And Ride the Waves uh, actually happy to be <clears throat> along with that journey as well to see this grow because I know that when you put your hands on something, everything you touch does turn to gold because you are one of the hardest working people out there. Thank I you, know man. that with Appreciate Ride the Waves, well, we know with Ride, I'm not just trying to kiss your ass right now. Like, it's just, it's very <laughs> I true. I know, like, we, we, we go back for <laughs> hey, look, actually, this guy, I got to tell you uh, 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 about the Spike King there, like, 
you know, we met, you know, through social media. He knows till this day that I'm not exposed. He will call me and say, man, Ty, you got to post something. Ty, you got to do this. You know what I mean? And we kind of build a friendship that way, man. So I thank you. You were on it a lot before me. You're still educated on there, but you pushed me to do better out there because he knows, you know, through our friendship now, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm just going to step back. You know, I'm not trying to be, look at me, look at me, but hey, thank you for helping me with, you know, my journey of getting out there as far as, you know, being in the social media and things like that and how it can help, you know, and you making me see the advantage of that, man. So thank you, bro. Thanks for kissing my ass right there. I appreciate it. But you know what, Ty? If if it's te- it's teamwork, we're a team now. Right. We're we're building right. a little team effort. You know what it's Absolutely. taking. You know you know what it means. But I'm gonna say this. You know it's cool with ride the wave. If you are out there listening right now, you know somebody that owns a bar, that owns a liquor store. If you yourself does that, hit up the Spike King, DM me because we can get Ty Laws V1 Vodka in there. And what I like is it's a Massachusetts brand. We want to build this up in New England. We want to run the show, and we're here to do that. Um, can you speak briefly on? Is there anywhere you can buy it right now or at any bars or anything like that? Or Oh, right, right. Well, you know, we're absolutely, of course, we're going in Gillette. You know, we got the, you know, the. the you don't have any plugs over there. You don't. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, a couple of things, you know, you know, hopefully we'd be in every liquor store. I mean, we, we get we're in the uh, liquor stores throughout New England uh, right now. But now that we have a partnership with Horizon uh, Beverages Distribution, you know, we're going to be everywhere. So, you know. If we get the demand, we can definitely do, be, do, do the supplying, you know what I mean? So for everybody out there, you know, look for it, ask for it. We're going to get it there. We just signed a deal with uh, Horizon, man, and they're going to be uh, getting their big delivery, and they're going to be pushing it everywhere along with myself. If you get so many cases, we're going to, you know, it's a magic number out there. I'll be in there for in-store appearances and doing the signings. All appearance fees is waived. I'm about, you know, V1 Vodka and... Whoever gives that support, I'll be there to support myself. Awesome stuff. So, Ty, moving on. Combine was last week. Myself, Joe Stafford were in Indianapolis. It was yeah. our first time going out there. A fun time. Uh, any little Combine stories for yourself? Anything that's funny? 40-yard dash or a bench press that you can share you with us? You know what? I didn't do the 40-yard dash. You know, I went there um, with the intent of doing what I did best, and that was the bench press. 21 so, reps, right? Uh, you know, they shorted me one rep, too, goddammit. I had 22, but the guy, you know, his name was Tim Lewis, and he had the record for cornerbacks at the time. He gave me 21, and he talking about I struggled on the, 20, on the 22. So officially on the record, I'm 21, but I got the 22 up. But he said the reason that he didn't give me, he told me afterwards that he had the record at the time for cornerbacks for 22, and he didn't want me to tie him. He was the guy coaching. So, but, yeah, I got the, yeah, you know. 22 reps, but officially it's 21. Yeah, like we were saying, we were at the Combine last week. Great experience and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not, unfortunately not able to see the cornerbacks. We left a little bit early, but, you know, we saw all the workouts and stuff on TV. A uh, guy I really liked out of actually your rival, Ohio State, uh, Damon Arnett. Similar play style like you, six foot 195, physical corner, maybe mm-hmm. another tie law rule guy in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, who impressed you with the Combine uh, for corners like specifically? You know what? I got to be honest, I did not watch the combine. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, I, I'm not going to even sit up here and bullshit you. I didn't watch the combine. I am so busy, as you know, King, that I'm, I'm always all over the place. So, you know, going through the combine, it, it's a great experience. It's an opportunity to show what you can do for, as far as your measurables. And, you know, of course, to get invited, you had to do some pretty awesome things out there on the field. But ain't nobody getting hit. So I just look at that as like it's a whole lot of people that can run. I think Jerry Rice ran a 4-7, greatest of all time. Lord knows everybody know what Tom Brady ran. 
that doesn't that doesn't give me, you know, that doesn't tell me how you're going to be as a player. I wasn't the fastest guy, you know, out there. I was one of the strong, but I knew that's okay. Running is not going to be my thing. I knew that I was going to be strong enough to impress him. But you're going to come catch me when I work on this, you know, 40, because when it's time to be playing football, you know, I don't give a damn if you're a forward flat or four one, I'm going to cover you and I'm going to kick your ass. That's what was my attitude about it. But the combine is great, you know, for those guys getting the opportunity. But I don't even like to get caught up in that kind of stuff because that doesn't tell me too much. That doesn't tell me how you are as a football player. No, I agree with you. Tape doesn't lie. And that's the thing. A lot of these agents and stuff don't realize that tape is the most important thing guys look at when you're getting scouted and stuff like that. So it's just kind of important to recognize a little bit. Right, Um, right. But But I will say this. In some cases, tape does lie. And what I mean by that when we're referring to the combine, because a lot of guys can go out there, they know how to run. They know how to, you know, get the best time out of a stopwatch or something like that. But that doesn't always translate to the field. Because from in my experience, usually the fastest guy on the team is at the end of the damn bench. Right. So a 40 is a 40, but if it doesn't translate to the field, you know, you're just another fast guy on the sidelines not getting in the game. Yeah, so a couple of the guys we saw at the combine were uh, Shea Patterson, Cesar Ruiz, a couple of guys from Michigan. Um, how do you think those guys are going to transition to the league, and how do you think their careers are going to go? I mean, a lot, a lot of it has to do with, you know, your, your will to uh, adapt and how um, in the system that you play in. So there's a lot of guys out there that are system players, and they can't play in every system. It's, like, it's, it's kind of like if I use my position, you have – a corner that can do everything, play man or zone. You got some that's primarily a man-to-man corner. Mm-hmm. And some guys just can't get up in your place and pay bump and run man-to-man. And you got, you know, some man-to-man guys that don't know the concepts of zones. So a lot of the success with some of the athletes out there, unless you're just universally good that can do everything, you can have a pretty decent career if you're in the right system. No, I completely agree with you, too. And a lot of these guys kind of fall to like the mid-rounds, third, fourth round, right, but they're right. still impact guys. That's another thing I want to transition to a little bit before we move on here. Uh, 1995, you get drafted, and your, your teammates uh, in this draft, uh, Curtis Martin, Hall of Famer, you, Hall of Famer, Ted Johnson, longtime starter on the team, uh, Dave Wollenball, great center for a long time. What does it mean for these teams, especially the Patriots this year, uh, in a kind of a transitional type of year, if Brady does end up leaving, uh, how much a draft can really affect, uh, one single draft can affect the outlook of a franchise? I mean, a, a draft can affect, you know, every single year. You know, the, import, the, the draft is very important, especially if you draft somebody and you groom them to that, you know, type of system to have success. Uh, you get them there for basically for the cheap, you know what right. I mean, depending on what round you go, and develop them. And we had a hell of a draft. We, you know, we produced two uh, Hall of Famers in that draft. But, of course, as much great success as he had as a Patriot, Curtis Martin had to uh, leave to go to the New York Jets and still continue with his career. But it, it, it is big uh, for organization. If you draft wrong, that can set you back big time. You know, unfortunately for our draft in particular in 1995, that was the draft that extended us moving forward. But at the same time, when you look back in like a 99 draft, when you get Tom Brady, who was it ever think that you would grab that in the sixth round? Right. That's, that's, that's the unknown. So all the pressure is in those first three rounds, especially that first round, depending on where you pick. But you can get that diamond in the rough 
And if you're smart enough and do your due diligence, because you couldn't tell me right now that Tom Brady wouldn't be the first pick overall, 10 seconds, you know, <clears throat> from when the clock started at 10, if you knew what the type of career that he was going to have, you know, he'd have been the first guy taken. Right. But he went all the way to the, what, 199? 199, yep. So that's the thing that you don't do not know. So for anybody that's, you know, taking credit for drafting him and all that, everybody was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about the draft, tie, I mean, they might have to find another diamond in the rough. You've seen it all over the media. It looks like Tom Brady's going to 50 different teams right now. Right. The million-dollar question, you have a little close connection with the Patriots, of course. Where do you see Tom Brady landing this free agency? Is he going to stay in New England, or he's bye-bye, see you later? You know, from a personal standpoint, uh, as, a, as a teammate, as a friend, and by the way, I will say I have no clue, you know, <laughs> no knowledge what, he, what Tom is going to do. But, of course, I think we would all like to see him finish out in New England, something that most people don't get to do. Uh, you know, especially when you have a career as long as he as he has, it's going to be different to see him in another uniform. But at the same time, it's not out of the ordinary because a lot of the great ones, you know, they moved on. Jerry Rice, Emmitt Smith, Joe Montana. I mean, and the list goes on. And Ty Law. You know, hey, 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 that played for other organizations. And the one thing I will say, and, and, and I hope fans don't get upset. Well, I don't give a damn if they do. But... <laughs> He doesn't owe anybody anything. And I think that's the one thing that people need to realize. Because I've heard some people, even in barbershop talk, is like, well, he did it. He owes it. No, Tom Brady does not owe the New England Patriots anything. He gave 20 years of his life. So if he wanted to test the market and see what other people think about, just to give himself another challenge, his legacy and everything is already written. It does not make a difference. What he does at this point First ballot Hall of Fame, the greatest quarterback to ever do it. He cannot diminish himself or what he's done to this game or in New England by any stretch of the imagination. So if he wants to move on, God bless him. But, of course, we all want him to stay. I don't want him to leave, but I'm just saying for people that's making such a big deal out about what he's going to do, he gave you 20 years of his life playing at the top of his game. Let that man live. Yeah, you can say kind of mm -hmm. similar to Michael Jordan. People don't remember him on the Wizards. Maybe mm -hmm. that short term that he's on the Wizards, they, okay, yeah, whatever. But long term, people are going to forget. Same thing in the situation if Brady does leave. Great, people great, will, great analogy. Yeah, great people analogy. are going to eventually forget about it 5, 10, 15 years right. down the line when they look back on everything he's done. And you know that this is a business, and you've been involved in this too. When you moved on from the New England Patriots and you went right. to go play for the New York Jets, that right. year you led the league in interceptions, right? Right. Did you play with that extra chip on your shoulder to kind of the Patriots to be like, you know what, I still got it. I should still be there. And in just a comparison of Tom Brady, if he does leave, do you think he'll have that chip on his shoulder to be like, I want to prove right. everybody wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't have a chip on your shoulder, if you don't have nothing to prove, you know, to yourself or whatever you use as motivation, if I got to uh, prove it to somebody else, that's what you need. If, that, if that's what's going to fuel the fire, you know what I mean? Of course, you know, when you're playing your former team, when – you didn't want to leave, understanding that's a business decision that has to happen. You want to go show out. You know what I mean? And, you know, fortunately for me that, you know, I, I played well. I was coming off of an injury. I led the league. My, you know, the interception I got off Tom during the game, that's, that's the longest interception touchdown of my career. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, even though you wish it, it probably didn't have to come to that way, but we 
that's what happened. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still known as a Patriot. I mean, no one's talking about, you know, the 10 picks that I had. I had more picks in New York in that one year than I ever had as a Patriot in one year. You know what I mean? But I'm a Patriot. People recognize me as a Patriot. And I recognize myself as a Patriot, no matter what. I've been to Kansas City. I've been to Denver. Yeah, people forget about that. They, they, you know what I mean? And look right. at that. You're I, enshrined in the Hall of Fame as right. a New England Patriot. No one right. remembers you on Kansas City it, or it, Denver. It, exa- exactly. exactly. You know, I had some, you know, great years. A uh, Pro Bowl year, like I said, led the league. And, you know, at the end of the day, in my heart, I am an Alec Cooper Quip, a Michigan Wolverine, and a New England Patriot. Everything else was a pit stop. I appreciate the time, you know, the opportunity to continue to play. But, you know, when it's all said and done, I hang them up, you know. I'm bleeding the Patriots. Ty, we normally end our show with a couple questions um, from fans and all that stuff and from us. But you just mentioned how you said you were a Patriot. Uh, One of our fans asked, who was your favorite NFL team growing up and who was your favorite NFL player? Uh, Being from Alakippa, I'm at Penn State, so I'm uh, in Pennsylvania, three-hour drive down the road. Did you were you always picturing yourself playing for the Eagles growing up, uh, just uh, mimicking your game off of some of those no, guys? And no, and hell no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, I grew up. I grew up a, a Cowboys fan. You know, actually, right. you know that's where I, I really, if I had my dream uh, at the time, not knowing what the future was holding, you know, put me put that star on my helmet because. Tony Dorsett, my uncle, and played for the Cowboys. I always looked up at him. I was not a Steeler fan uh, growing up, even though everyone in my area was Steeler fans. Even when I got to the league, Steeler fans were Steeler fans. They wanted me to do well, get three interceptions, five interceptions in the game, but they still wanted the Steelers to win, you know what I mean? Because that's just how it is around there in the following, you know what I mean? I'm I'm quite sure it's the same way in Philadelphia area with the Eagles. But where I come from, Alacoba, Western Pennsylvania, it's all about the Steelers. And for me, it was about the Cowboys because of my affiliation. And like I said, I've just grew up there. I couldn't, I wasn't a Steeler guy, even though I respected the hell out of them. Did you, uh, in your pre-draft interviews, get to meet with the Cowboys? uh, Actually, about your dream. Actually, the Cowboys was at my draft party uh, that I had. Of course, I didn't go to the draft. I had a little get together at home. And Dallas Cowboys sent two representatives, and they said that they would take me. They were there to take me if I lasted to the 28th pick because I was on the border whether I go, you know, late first round or second round. And a lot of people thought I was going to go to Detroit. You know, being in Michigan, they had the 20th pick, and they even had me thinking I was going to Detroit. And, you know, at that time, you just want to get drafted just so you can do better for your family and things like that. But after the 20th pick came, you know, all the cameras came on, all the Detroit media was there. I'm like, all right, I'm sitting here waiting. I'm like, shit, ain't no phone call happening. <laughs> but, but, you know, I thought they knew something I didn't know. Next thing you know, the Detroit Lions picked Luther Ellis. They just packed up their stuff and left. I'm like, uh-oh, okay, what's going to happen now? But I did have Dallas Cowboys. But you got to think where I'm coming from. The more you slide, the less money you're getting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, at that time, you know what I mean? So Dallas is there. And then here comes um, here comes uh, uh, the Patriots called me two picks later. Uh Nancy Meyer told me I was going to be a New England Patriots. They was taking me at the 23rd pick, you know what I mean? And as he was walking to the podium, you know, I went in, came out, and, you know, the rest is history. You know, Dallas, they shook my hand and, you know, said congratulations, you know what I mean? And, yeah, I, I, I was a Patriot. But Jerry, Jones say, is prob- Jerry Jones is probably still upset about that. Uh-huh. You know what? No, but you know what? He won the Super Bowl 
uh, you know, that year. It was Deion. He had Deion Sanders at the time. So I was like, you know, I would have been going down there playing on the opposite side, you know, competing to play on the opposite side of Deion Sanders. I would have been, been a Super Bowl champion. But at the same time, I would have always been in the shadow until he left of Deion Sanders. So I was, you know, blessed with the opportunity, one, to get drafted by Coach Parcells in the Patriots to get to establish my own identity, not to be in anybody's shadow being a young guy because primetime was primetime. You know what I mean? So I got to, in a sense, be the primetime of my own team. And then last question from my end, what players uh, you played against during your time? Did you, you were in the locker room getting ready for the game, you knew you were going to face this wide receiver, you had to uh, focus in a little more, get ready to play him. And then on the flip side, what type of those players, like, oh, I'm about to eat this kid, uh, just uh, totally dominate the corner, lock him down? You know what? I just got asked this question, you know, early, and I get asked all the time, like, who was the toughest receiver? And people expect you to say Randy Moss, T.O., you know, uh, Jay Rice, Michael Irvin, Marvin Harrison, et cetera, et cetera, Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. But it's all about matchups because it's similar to boxing. And I knew I had to bring my lunch pail and I had to come to work when I played against a guy named Jimmy Smith because I was more of a physical type of corner. So I used to beat beat receivers up. You know, most receivers, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. They soft. Yeah. They soft. You know what I mean? So I tried to manhandle him, be physical. But Jimmy Smith, he bringing it right back to you. Same thing with like a guy like Hines Ward. He just wasn't as fast as a Jimmy Smith. So Jimmy can outrun you. He can he can muscle up with you. You can talk to and you can and, and beat him. He's coming right back at you. So it was always a great challenge, you know, when I played against Jimmy Smith. Certainly, I would never I never took the attitude that, you know, I'm you know what? Let me how, how do I phrase that? I always took the attitude that I'm going to win mm -hmm. and dominate, you know, but I never took anybody for granted yeah. because those guys getting paid over there too. Even though I knew I was a superior player and I had to think that in my mind, regardless of what anybody else thought, you know, I knew I can't run, you know, uh, in a foot race and beat Randy Moss or uh, Marvin Harrison. But for, for a play on the game, for this particular play, when you're focusing in on one play at a time, I thought that I was the best player whoever I played against on that particular play. The next play, get oh, I'm better than you on this play too. It ain't about a foot race. It ain't about who jumps the highest. It's about who's going to be the best at this particular play at this particular time. I'm going to kick your ass. That's how I thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, right. you know, with all due respect to every, every player out there, it's just like, and he's not in the Hall of Fame, but I knew when I played against Jimmy Smith, that the psychological games I used to play with receivers, right. you know, it wasn't as effective on him because he didn't back down. He was not afraid, you know, of me or my physicality. And I, and I, and I used that to my advantage for most guys, and he was always prepared for it, and I give him a lot of respect. Yeah, Must be one of the few people. I'd be terrified to go up against Tyler if Jimmy Smith has. <laughs> no, it's, interesting you say, it's interesting you say Jimmy Smith because they had a lot of great weapons on that late 90s Jaguars team. Who covered Keenan McCardell on that team then? Because Otis is not the for that. They, no, no. You know, yeah, Keenan wasn't fast. You know what I mean? Keenan well, was, was more. Off the line. He, you know, he was quick. He had the moves. He had the route running. And, I mean, Keenan was a, you know, a hell of a receiver. But Jimmy Smith was – you know, the downfield guy, you know, he, right. he's the big threat. He can break the tackles. He was more of like the, you know, who would say they like Eric Moulds or somebody that can break like, like 
the right. guys that can fast and break the tackles. Who's the guy from San Francisco right now? Uh, Debo. You know Debo. what I mean? He was, yeah, he was like he 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 was like that. He can take the top off of you. You know what I mean? Right. He was a faster Michael Irvin. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So final question before we wrap up here. Um, you played with a lot of great guys in the secondary over your career. Uh, right. Guys like Laura Malloy, uh, Otis Smith. Uh, who was your favorite guy to play with in the secondary? He, you just knew he had your back. You know what? That's tough to say because we were such a close-knit family and every defense was a little bit different. But I will say one of the most talented players that I've ever played with and I have so much respect for him because I didn't even like him in the beginning <laughs> be- because of the Lawyer Malloy situation was Rodney Harrison. Right. That man not only should be in the uh, uh, Patriots Hall of Fame, he's supposed to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because I think people forget the greatness of what he has done to accomplish it because he had a reputation for you know, playing dirty. No, he played hard. It wasn't dirty. I said uh, you know, earlier that Ray Lewis – he gets a lot of praise for being a great player that he was. He gets a lot of praise for having 30 picks and 30 uh, sacks. There is a player that has done that before Ray Lewis did it, and it's only one other player that has those statistics in the NFL history, and that's Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison has uh, Super Bowl championships. He was a pro bowler in, in uh, San Diego, but what he did, his impact on the field is – Man, he left a mark on me, and he made you step your game up watching him play in practice because he plays so hard every day. So I got mad respect for Rodney Harrison. Matter of fact, Rodney Harrison's supposed to have one of these guys. I got I got to sit there and show you that. <laughs> Rodney Harrison got to have one of these. You got the shades on him too. Oh, yeah, you got the shades on him. Yeah. yeah, you know I you know I got that man. Hey, this is what we do. This is at the Hall of Fame too, man. I had to put shades on my bus, man. You know, always got the shades on. Say, it's an expensive was, uh, sunglasses, old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best thing of going to the Hall of Fame thing, Ty. Was you just put those shades on on that, and then they end up having that inside, and they take the pictures like that. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is. It's, it's my dog right here. We just sitting here chilling, man. La- la- last thing from my um, end. There we go. <laughs> last thing from my end, Ty. Then we'll completely wrap this up. You are one of, I believe, three or four Patriots that have been enshrined into Canton. Who do you Mm -hmm. see as the next guy from the New England Patriots? I know that what I love from your speech, and we said this while we were waiting for two and a half hours for you. Yeah, we were waiting that long for you. (laughs) But uh, we, we, we were talking about Hall of Famers and what you said. We started this shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that whole first half of that dynasty gets so disrespected by the media and right. by everybody else. Who do you think deserves – I know everyone – you'll say everybody deserves no, to be in, no, who I do, mean, who's I the next Richard guy that's going to get there? I, Richard Seymour get in. He's been the finalist for the last couple of years. And, you know, the old adage, which I guess is nothing is guaranteed, but he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's like an 85% chance that you will get in if you're a finalist and especially if you're in there a couple years in a row it's just a matter of when you know that win can take years but i think richard seymour will be getting in within the next you know year or so you know what i mean i yeah. I, I really do and i think you know when you're talking about other players like in that era look at the impact you can't even look at richard from a statistical standpoint if you want to compare him to warren Sapp or michael strahan but what he had to do as far as what our defense called for being a two-gap guy, not just shooting the gap, going to get sacks, he had to take on two guys all the time and still being able to put up those numbers. If you let Willie McGinnis go and say, hey, just go get the quarterback like a lot of these other guys out here, didn't have to worry about the run support, didn't have to go into coverage, let Willie McGinnis go and say, hey, just go get the quarterback, that's all I want you to do. He'll have Hall of Fame numbers as well. 
So because of the type of defense that we played and you had to be smart, every, every game was different. The strategy that, that was behind our game, a lot of other guys would get more recognition, but we were always a team first. So it's only we, – we missed out on a lot of individual awards for team success. But guys like Teddy Bruschi, uh, I mean, man, you talking about it's, Vince Warfork, these guys can play. And I will go down a rabbit hole with these guys any day of the week. And, it, and what's funny is that, you know, wrapping this up, is that everyone looks at statistics like, well, the 2,000 Ravens are the best or the 85 right. Bears are the best. You guys did it for years. It's not like it was just a one and done. You did it consistently for years. And even like Stafford says, someone like William McGinnis, all-time postseason sack leader right. like something that's just underappreciated because how many postseasons have games have you guys played plenty right. of them they kind right. of totals up to a season uh but we got to wrap it up here i know that time okay is kind of yeah, short here. i know it was good to chop it up with you again do you guys have anything lasting from tyler and stafford anything that you guys want to ask uh my family would want me to say thanks to you they called me yeah, my, name's tyler. my name's tyler so they called <laughs> okay. me they okay. called me ty law miller growing up all some right course, you, know, some, some, you, you got some skills you got some skills <laughs> uh, no chance. I played eight years, but I broke my jaw, so I couldn't play anymore. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah. it's all good, man. Hey, uh, hey, man, that's what's up. Yeah, no, growing up, I, I collect jerseys. I don't know if you can see them in the background here. Yeah, I see, uh, I see you, Curtis Martin, back there. Yeah, no, I almost, I almost have the full 96 team, one of my favorite teams of all time. I want the full 96 team champion jerseys in my closet. I say thank you for inspiring a whole generation of Patriots. Right, hey, yeah, I appreciate it. That was my roommate back there, man. Curtis, that's my roommate. <laughs> Ty Law, the, the real question of the day. I have this taco fall tattoo like on here. How would you feel? <laughs> How would you feel if I got a Ty Law, you know, tattoo on me? Hey, hey, string, hey, you, hey, right now you are winning. You know, I'm old. I'm washed up. I'm out of shape. I don't know if you want to do that. Your career's going great right now. For what you doing? You put an old guy back up there. They be like, ah, you, you, you don't want to, you don't want to be a has being like me, bro. <laughs> oh shit. Ty Law, we thank you so much for coming on Boston's Big Three, presented by Ride the Wave Media, sponsored right. by 10100.co, and also Launch Champlain Park. Check them out. They're all over nationally. Check out V1 Vodka. Oh, yeah, Ty, yeah, check it out. Show that <laughs> off right there. There it is. Yeah, Ty. there we go. With the ring, with the ring, with the ring. With the ring. <laughs> with the ring. Ty, this isn't going to be our first time doing this. You're coming oh, on again. With free agencies in two weeks, we're going to have to have your opinions after Brady's okay. decision, no matter which way it goes. We're going to have you back on. We appreciate it. We love it. We thank you so much. God bless no you. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Take it easy, man. Yeah. And there you have it, folks. That was Ty Law. We told you. No, it wasn't a random guy we found on the street named Ty Law. No, that was the Ty Law. Number 24. Hang him up in the Raptors. He's in the Boston's Big Three Raptors, at least. Is he the NBA Hall of Fame rafters? Still? Oh, not yet. Oh, future. <laughs> gotta, not yet. Future. Yeah. Break news, boys. Break news. <laughs> you got to get no. him a little trophy. It's like he's Boston big, Boston's big three's first real guest. Yeah, yeah, you know, know what we should do? You know what we should do? We should send him that Ty Law jersey behind you, and we should all autograph it. So we send him an <laughs> autograph jersey. <laughs> Just do it backwards. That would be so funny. Be uh, Tyler, what was your favorite part about the interview? Uh... Probably the very ending part. I, I know, like, I was talking to my parents about this interview before, but literally, like, all my family members, as the first grandson, first nephew, first anything, and then they all call me Ty Law Miller because Ty Law was just doing Ty Law things. So I could tell him that, and uh, he liked it and all that stuff, so it was kind of a cool moment. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it was just 
Not nothing I really expected. You don't know what to expect when you're talking to one of the more famous football players out there. Could they be egotistical? Could they be uh, I'm better than this? No, he's just a regular guy. He he fit in oddly enough, which is these three clowns that we are. Uh, he, he belongs. Just a boy from Al, just a boy from Aliquippa that went to Michigan that played for the Patriots. I mean, it was um, Stafford. Before I get into it, Stafford, what was your favorite part about it? I uh, don't just going back and forth about some of the prospects. I mean, he didn't watch the combine. He said that right off the bat, uh, so it was a little bit harder, kind of a, a curveball interview after that. But just talking about you know, guys from the old days. I mean, we talked about Keenan McCardell, talked about Jimmy Smith for a while. Those late '90s Jaguars guys. We talked about his favorite teammate to play with. I mean, he, he obviously talked about a few guys there. Uh, talked about, like, Laura Malloy. Talked about Otis Smith. It was just cool to kind of relive it through his eyes, through a, a very unique perspective a lot of people just don't have. You listen to a lot of analysts or maybe some documentaries, but you don't really see it through a guy like Ty Law's eyes until you watch or hear something like this. So that was definitely a cool moment to, to listen to. I think what I took from that, Tom Brady's leaving. I asked him, <laughs> uh, I, I asked him about the free agency. And uh, what he thinks. And uh, he didn't want to give an answer for it. And like you said, he doesn't know anything. He's just trying to take the heat off of himself. And he said that we all hope that Brady stays in New England. That's all we want. But he, what did he say? I'm pretty sure he said, you know, um, Tom Brady doesn't owe us anything. That's kind of big for a guy that is a three-time champion, a Hall of Famer, that has some, you know, he went to the Jets. We talked about that as well. Um I think that he kind of knows that this is coming down to a business decision for both the team and Tom Brady. And I feel that if I had to pick a side, he didn't want to pick. But uh, I think I'm putting Ty Law on the Brady's not staying campaign. And he said that he will come back when we find out the whole free agency stuff. He'll talk about that a little bit more. And uh, I think it was just more of an entertaining interview with the Hall of Fame bust kissing it. With the shades and everything, and he's showing off his V1 vodka and all that. And uh, well, I would just say before, like during that, it's like the ultimate flex: bring out your own Hall of Fame bus. <laughs> I was, I was so close. On I was so close to being an absolute moron when he showed us the uh, the the vodka. I was like, oh, drink it, let's see how it tastes. But I'm like, oh, he has to go pick up his kids. <laughs> we had to cut it because he had to go pick up his kids. I can't have Ty Law pulling shots and then go to drive to school. I'm, I'm like, oh, oh my god. I'm sure you're going to go pick up the triple berry pretty soon. He said it was for the ladies, for you. Hey, like I said, too, if you know somebody that works at a liquor store that owns a bar, V1 Vodka, the New England area, hit me up, Spike King, because I have the connect to Ty Law. And as Ty even said, cases are ordered. Ty Law makes an appearance at your place, and that's what we can work out together. Also, uh, shipping it's a Ty Law cost. A milestone in Bab's career. He finally has an alcohol sponsor that's not Bud Light. I know. <laughs> and it's funny because during the entire interview, I'm sipping Bud Light seltzers. Hey. <laughs> Need a little something going on here. Uh, the, once I get my hand on a case of the V1, and it sounds like uh, you know myself and Stafford might be making a little trip down to Ty Law's place. Uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, he's going to go out to L.A. for a week, and then we'll get Ty Law back on this podcast eventually. So, again, really awesome to have Ty Law as our first guest. It was an amazing interview. The second we hung up, I was all gassed up. I was like, that came out great. I thought yeah, he started. He started complimented Babs in the beginning, and Babs <laughs> had a smile that wrapped Just around blushing. his whole head. Just blushing. Look like a tomato already. <laughs> Think about this. Looking at his feet. Playing with his ankles and all that this stuff, twiddling put, his thumbs. This guy put his body on the line every single Sunday 
for his own, like, you know, future and for our entertainment. And this guy is kissing this guy's ass over here. He's, he's kissing my ass saying, Babs put me out here, the social media. I, I did like showing him the taco fall tattoo. <laughs> he, the, first, the second I showed him that tattoo, he just put his hand on his face and was just like, oh, my God. This kid is just something else. He's insane. It's insane, but uh, I was I was here the entire time. I yeah, listening to that interview. I think it's really cool that we have the ability to get guests like this at this yeah. point now. Uh, really proud of what Ride the Waves doing, and this podcast is uh, the growth it's seen and being able to bring a guy like Ty Law on. Wait, but was- Babs, you got the jersey colors wrong and the ticket game. Marcus Cannon might not be retired. Who cares? Who cares about any of that? We had Ty Law. You have you ever talked to him? No. That's 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 why I went on that little rant is because. Um, you know, something that GRD says off the podcast, and for those, if you're still listening, hopefully, and you just haven't clicked out yet because you're like, ah, I just listen to Ty Law, that's it. You know, which is the Ty Law, yeah, sure. the Ty Law uh, connection is that he was already, a, uh, I believe, going for the Hall of Fame two years in a row. And I believe he was a fight, I think he was a finalist for two straight years. The time that I met him and he saw my social media and saw the work ethic I did, I put him out there almost every single week heading into Super Bowl 53. And it's kind of crazy to go back and the fact that he got into the Hall of Fame and his family was thanking me. He's thanking me. I literally feel still that I had no say in him getting into the Hall of Fame. But he was literally the last person to get into that Hall of Fame. It was down to him and I believe one other player. And they were going back and forth about that. And a lot of people don't understand and they'll never see the background on it and the backstory about it and the connection that myself and Ty had. Think about the night, and you can see it back on my Instagram if you scroll the way back, is that the night that he got selected into the Hall of Fame the day before Super Bowl 53, he's doing his little interviews. He came up to me and said, okay, you want to get an interview? And I got a 60-second interview with him just on Instagram. The fact that he took time out of his day and hugged me and embraced it and stuff – it shows that connection, and it's and, and to my mind, I'm still pinching myself because it's crazy. I, like I said, I was in fifth grade when they won the first Super Bowl, and he says, oh, you're making me feel old. But, dude, we're being able to connect like that. So, it, Imagine it, if it, I told it, him I was three years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, I was three. <laughs> but, but it's crazy because, again, you can't underestimate this interview with Ty Law. This is a three-time champion. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. He's, he's doing a lot of business ventures outside of you know, of football uh, with the V1 Vodka, the launch. And there's some other things that he's told me about that I can't speak of yet. And it's going to come down the line. And it's great to be able to be somewhat in the know of that. This is a great relationship for Ride the Wave. And uh, this is really a milestone for us. And I'm, I'm just so happy and so grateful. And again, if you've listened into the, into the Ty Law interview, we want your feedback. Make sure you leave a little review for us or even DM us or go to Boston's Big Three on Instagram and just tell us, what do you think? We want the fans. I know that, Tyler, one thing I'm upset about you is that you didn't get to name the people that actually gave those questions. You should have said their names. You're an idiot. But um, Uh, but even then, I was just like, you should still give them a shout out. Yeah, we'll shout them out. We'll make videos for them. You should give them a shout out for that. If someone's asking a question, you should give a shout out. Yeah, we'll make a video for them. What makes Ride the Wave is that the fans are getting involved in some sort of capacity. We want them to have that special feeling that they are somewhat involved with Ty Law. Yeah, but I, told him, I told him these are fresh, uh, questions from the fans. We can uh, put the two questions that I asked that the fans asked into videos so he could say legitimately what he said to their question. Easy You're fix. not going to edit that. You're not going to do that. That's why we have Stafford and Dito. No, Dito. I can't. Dito. <laughs> Kill that. But uh, no, it was great. It was awesome. It was a good question. It was hard to pick from if I didn't ask you a question. We had, what, limited time? 
There's a good amount of questions. I picked the best two. He liked them. They were both good questions. We 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 had a penciled in for fifteen to twenty minutes, and we went thirty minutes. It was good. You can't just have him on too long. But anyways, we appreciate you guys listening to Ty Law. We will have him back on down the line at some point. But that was awesome, awesome first time guest. And I know that now that we've done that, I'm ready to fucking get a couple other people on here. I'm, I'm really Let's call the guy on your right arm to uh to hop <laughs> on a little bit. Mate, we well, gotta hear well, we gotta hear Taco's take on the actual tattoo and see what well, he spe- says. Speaking of Taco Fall, I'm not sure if we're gonna see him in Cleveland tonight as the Celtics go up after the single worst loss of the entire season. Was it was not a good day for Tyler Miller yesterday. I was running the high of Taco Bell tie. I was climbing that mountain that I get scorched back down to earth because I'm like, oh, I have classes and everything now. Like, this stinks. And then I watched Penn State basketball, Michigan State senior night, big game, 20 seed. We fell to. We're facing 16 seed, big 10 seed going into uh, contention. And we're up 17. Everything's looking good. Up 15 at half. And I think we shot maybe single digits percent in the second half, and we lost. So that's that was fun. And then I flipped You're over. You're a volleyball school. I flipped that We are. We're at everything school. I flipped over to the other channel. We saw the Celtics Nets. The Celtics are playing out of their mind, smoking the Nets. And then Karis LeVert uh, and the Brooklyn Nets score 51 points in the fourth. And Karis LeVert scores all the overtime points. Not a good day to beat Ty Miller yesterday for basketball fans. Historic fourth quarter for the Nets. Shout out to GRD on this one. They've never done something like that before. That was a franchise history. Even think about the Nets when they had Jason Kidd. And even like Vince Carter on that, they never have done something like that before. So, and they did it against the Celtics on a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday night, that, that Celtics game was so miserable to watch because it was just like one of those regular prime time. Like, oh, the Celtics are playing a subpar Nets team who's missing all their like great starters. They're missing Kyrie and Kem- or they're missing Kyrie and Kevin Durant, who will get to see this team next year. But right now, they're just kind of like that bubble team and just another primetime game or see, see if they can make something work. And Celtics are just kind of killing them. You're just kind of expecting this at this point without those two superstars. But then you have Spencer Dinwiddie and you have Karis LeVert being able to handle that load. Usually, I, I was expecting like 20 apiece from either of them on any given night because you saw what uh, Dinwiddie was able to do the last time the Celtics played the Nets. But what... What uh, Karis LeVert was able to do last night was special. Uh, yes, it sucks. Yes, that was that was a gut wrenching loss, especially the foul on the pass at the end of the game. You know uh, what the this force game overtime. Was? What this was game it? This game was last year when we played the Clippers. We were up twenty six, and Montrez Harrell yeah. comes back and single handedly beats the Celtics. Celtics are due for no, one of them. This one's almost worse though, because Karis LeVert doesn't have any knees left. He tore both ACLs in college, and his ankle from, was the other and way. His ankle, yeah. and he his ankle was 51. twisted. Yeah. Ahead. And it's just it's it's terrible too after that Rockets loss, after that, such a heartbreaker a uh, couple mm-hmm. nights before. That's double OT loss. And this Celtics team has been famous the last couple seasons for blowing games they should not blow. Yeah. And it has also it coming back in games often. they had no business of winning. They don't make exactly. sense. Exactly. This team is actually it's kind of funny. He's kinda of like the Sox, uh on a game to game basis, especially uh, as opposed to season to season. You see the Sox going from uh First to worst, worst to first, and keep going up and down. It's not like you're doing this on a game-to-game basis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's like a Boston thing, I guess. I think the problem with these last few games are you see the Celtics starting to, like, on the uprise and uh, starting to get healthy for the postseason. And, and then a game like this happens where you got Kemba Walker coming back on a minutes restriction. And then Gordon Hayward goes down after the first half because he knocked knees with, uh, with Daniel Tice. 
And then Jason Tatum should be coming back from yeah, I have uh, the injury report up right now. I was about okay. to read it. Go for so, it. So tonight we got Jalen Brown out with the right hamstring injury. Oh. Uh, which if you're listening to this, you already knew this because you're listening to this on Thursday oh. after the game. So we can Let's either count be like, oh, they really bounced back, or <laughs> dude, we lost two in a row. Three in a row, right? We lost to the Rockets. Yeah. Let's count on this is that's one starter that's out. Uh Javante Green, right ankle sprain is probable, who is probably gonna start tonight. Gordon Hayward, right knee contusion out. Jason Tatum, illness, probable. Well, Kemba Walker, left knee rehab, out. Dang. That's three so, of them. Well, I'm, what I'm thinking, well, we have Smart at the one. I'm thinking you see Langford at the two. Javante at the three. Tatum. Golly. Tatum at the four. Tice at the five. Hopefully those last two started, they need something. Do you know who came back yesterday? Had uh, ten points, in ten minutes. Robert Williams. I've Rob been saying this for a minute Williams. that uh, like people forget how good Robert Williams is. He is going to have a game tonight. I'm excited to see what Jason Tatum's able to do with a lot more touches than what he's normally getting. The Cleveland, the Cavs aren't even that bad anymore. They used to stink out yeah. loud, and as soon as they got rid of their coach and realized, like, oh, we hate that coach. Now we can actually just play to play basketball. Well, let me pull out their recent records, I think. And it'll be an interesting dynamic between Daniel Tyson and uh, the newly acquired Andre Drummond out there. Is, is Andre Drummond is miserable out there. Yeah. Drummond is miserable. Who, who isn't? Who isn't? Yeah, they're in Cleveland. That's not yeah. what we're happy about. Yeah, throwback to when Joakim Noah went on an absolute tear after a game in Cleveland. Like, yeah, I don't like being in Cleveland. Is this like a shocking thing to you guys? Like, <laughs> you is, live here. Yeah. Like, this is the Cavs team that just beat the Sixers 108 to 94. They just beat the Heat. They just beat the Heat in overtime. Um, they've been keeping it close with other teams. They beat the Hawks by 22. This is going to be one of those uh, like teaser games where you're supposed to win it and you're going to end up losing by 30. Yeah, I mean, Babs, you just said you have some Pats news. So what's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I just want to kind of talk about this because I just saw it. I know we've been on the podcast. Uh, you know, this is going to be releasing on Thursday. So we're filming what's today, Wednesday, whatever. I, I, I'm just looking at my phone right now. Something that was kind of important that I thought for the Pats. Although I hate CLNS media. And you know that from prior podcasts and prior uh, you know, Instagram should, posts. down with their owners, have an absolute brawl. Babs versus CLNS media. But there's one guy I respect on CLNS media because sometimes it's the individual, not the company. Uh, Evan Lazar. And Evan Lazar has said, mm-hmm. I've tried to stay out of this whole Brady saga, but the Patriots fans should be prepared themselves for a departure. I still think everything is in play for Brady, but a source close to the situation is insisting that there's little chance he returns to the Patriots at this point. It's either the Titans or Raiders unless things progresses quickly with the 49ers. And this is coming from the uh, Patriots One account, if you follow them on Instagram. And this is actually true because he wrote this as well. Evan really never uh, spews information out there. Evan Lazar is somebody that actually is very credible when it comes to New England Patriots insider information. So I think that's very important that it kind of still shows that um, I know there's a lot of clickbait and that, oh, like, let me put out every single day something new. But I think that when it comes from Evan Lazar, that really should show that Tom Brady. Yeah, speaking about Mm -hmm. that, uh, Joe Rogan just had Tom Brady uh, on his Instagram live. Wait, Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan did, yeah. And uh, he just pitched the Raiders to Tom Brady, and uh, Brady actually responded. I didn't actually get to hear the audio yet. Oh, uh, shit. But, uh, yeah, like, apparently there's something going on there. What's, uh, what's Joe Rogan do? Um, he's, everything. Uh, UFC, Literally right? everything. 
And uh, where does UFC usually have their fights? Oh, Vegas, right? Oh, what, what do you know? You know what I mean? Joe Rogan, Tom Brady, Vegas. Interesting. Interesting stuff. I know well, I shut everybody off there. Schefter just came out and saying, remember that there was that uh, uh, phone call that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had recently. And Schefter just like rebuttaled against it saying like, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bad phone call. It was just business as usual. It was just Tom talking to Bill, Bill talking to Tom and their normal super monotone voices. Do you think he's face even moves anymore? That picture of him so. and... He has all the Botox in the world. Like he oh, literally so, like, looks, it looks like a like statue. He has Botox now. in his head. Like that looks. It's like a forehead, black. so his uh, forehead doesn't wrinkle. Nobody's changed though. Tom Brady hasn't changed at all. He's same. He's still the same kid that went to Michigan University when he was eighteen, ready to learn, ready to learn under Bill freaking Belichick. See, we still. were talking about this earlier. Twenty-one. Life has to be so much easier. Like before we got on, life has to be so much easier with money. Like I'm out here living on the dollar menu: chicken, That's rice, ramen. Like, like Brady hasn't probably worried about money since when? 1999? That's fair. Yeah, like once you get drafted, you're pretty set, right? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Quarterback right. coming out of Michigan for sure. So we don't have any questions for today's, the end of today's show. So we'll do oh, some, final, some final thoughts. We'll just wrap around, Joe, with your final thoughts on today. Uh, Ty Law, thanks for coming out. Uh, awesome interview. Won't be the last. Like we said, me and Babs are something cooking. On that front, maybe he might go to his house in the next couple of weeks to do a podcast there. Uh, keep your eye on free agency. The tampering period starts uh, in two weeks exactly. I think March 13th to the 15th is the tampering period. And then free agency officially opens. I expect Brady to sign anywhere between the 18th and the 21st. Uh, so keep up, up to date with Ride the Wave Media. Uh, we're covering uh, everything free agency. And uh, the drafts are still coming up. My mock draft was just released a couple days ago. Got a lot of people talking. So check that out on the website. And uh, that's about it. Hey, Ty Law, my name's Brandon. I wasn't able to talk to you today, but I will in the future. Also, stay tuned to MLB Hot Corner, Ride the Wave Media's baseball page. We're going to be giving away t- a pair of opening day Red Sox tickets. So stay tuned there. That's awesome. I like that. Um, on my front, hi, I'm Spike King. Hi, uh, Spike King. <laughs> like, hey, hey. <laughs> No, put the was, seltzers uh, was, down. <laughs> we, 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 it was a long, somewhat of a long day because we had to wait that long for Ty Law. But I can't wait until I see this finished product, watch back on it. I cannot wait to watch that Ty Law interview. Uh, it, it was amazing. And I can't wait for the feedback on that. And uh, this is a monumental day for Boston's Big Three and Ride the Wave Media. Uh, my final thoughts are, I don't want to see Joe and Babs for a while. We are currently on hour four of our Skype call. <laughs> it's been a day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can go check out V1 Vodka on their company's Twitter at TyMiller508. Uh, <laughs> go Triple Berry, absolutely it's, recommended. It's <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an unreal Twitter account. They just... <laughs> How does it feel that you're falling from grace? The other day you were hyped up that you were like the talk of the world, and now you're just a has-been. Yeah, I'm washed. I mean, that, that's, just the, down quick. that's just the internet streets, man. Now the I got to think, think, what's my next move? You know what my next move was? Talking to Ty Law. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, there's more jobs out there. Fair enough. Get a right. spinoff show, Ty and Ty. Yeah, I'll pitch that to him. <laughs> this is Boston's Big Three episode 40, aka the Thai Law episode. Thank you for listening. Follow Boston's Big Three on Instagram. We appreciate it. More to come. This is only the beginning. 
Uh, signing off from San Diego, I'm Rob Burgundy.